For RCR Wireless News, I'm Joey Jackson. On this episode of Cell Tower News, we'll be focusing on the guys on the front lines of the industry, the climbers. We'll see what it takes to be a climber, explore a program that helps military vets break into the climbing industry, and much more. Today's episode is brought to you by Telecom Careers, the number one global telecom and wireless job board. Telecomcareers.net. For 20 years, Nate has been the undisputed global leader in safety, standards, and education for the wireless and broadcast communications infrastructure industries. All right, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining me for this episode of Cell Tower News, where we talk about the backbone of the wireless industry. Unfortunately, we start with some tragic news out of Texas. According to witnesses, a climber in the Lone Star State fell to his death after losing his grip while fixing an antenna atop a water tower in Brownsville. The man was identified as 21-year-old Pedro Samuel Salazar. He worked for Orbit Broadband, a local satellite and internet provider. Witnesses say he fell more than 50 feet. An autopsy will be performed in the case as authorities continue to investigate the incident. In less tragic news, Nate has been awarded a $140,000 grant from the U.S. Department of Labor. The grant was awarded as part of the Susan Harwood Target Targeted Topic Training Program, that's a mouthful, which awards grants to nonprofit organizations. The focus of the program is to provide training and education for workers and employers in underserved high hazard industries. The curriculum will include high angle rescue, principles of fall protection, and principles of safe climbing, as well as testing practices for personal protective equipment. The grant will also be used to develop curriculum for a comprehensive train the trainer program. Sounds like good news for the industry that could help prevent tragedies like the one in Texas from happening again. So now let's move into the heart of the show. Let's talk climbers. I have a lot of respect for these guys. They climb hundreds of feet in the air and risk their lives to keep us connected. So I want to dedicate this show to getting to, to know them a little bit better. I interviewed some climbers at this year's Nate Unite conference to get some perspective on what it, what it takes to be a climber. It's part of a series I produce called Gigs. Let's take a look at that. Well, I got the job. My name is Jeff Henry. I run, operate, and work on quality and, uh, for quality antenna service out of Powell, Ohio, uh, suburb of Columbus. My name is Corey with Tower MRL. I'm a safety manager, trainer. I've worked my way up through the industry. I started looking in the paper for jobs, and I happened to see an ad said, are you afraid of heights? Then don't answer this ad. Well, that was pretty cool. So I called it up immediately, because I am not afraid of heights, which probably in my business is good. So I, I uh, I answered the ad, the gentleman was truly interested in talking to me, but he saw my age, which I was already at that time, uh, you know, in the, my late 30s, and he said, you know, if you were younger, I'd hire you right now, but I just can't use you. you I wish you were younger, and I said, oh, it's okay, I understand. He said, but there's a fellow across town, and he would might hire you, so I went and talked to him. Well, he was the owner of Quality Antenna, the service I run now, and he said if you would uh, like to start, good. So I, for eight bucks an hour, I started working for this gentleman and that was 20 years ago and I'm now running and owning the company. Background, second generation climber. Always had rigging, PPE, beat into my head as a young child. Uh, my father, 30 years into a different industry that requires climbing. 
my summers were spent traveling around with him, helping him out. Uh, never thought I would go down this road myself. It wasn't my chosen career. I'd actually had applied to go to the University of DeVry in Chicago, got accepted. I was going to go for telecommunications, ironically, work the other end of it all. Uh, I was too young to go that year. I graduated at 17. My dad asked if I'd come on the road with him to go to work, so that's what we did. When I first started, uh, my first climb, I had nothing but a lap belt on that just went around my lap and around my legs and then a lanyard, and that's how you climb. And a lot of times, I just only time I'd hook off was when I got to where I was going or I needed to take a break. And uh, it was crazy, I mean, but I didn't think anything of it because it's just the way it was. That's how you did the business. And you would have a belt, a tool belt wrapped around you and all your heavy tools and a rope and a block and you'd head up a tower. Now, as you can see behind me, the safety is just incredible, the, the strides they've made and, and keeping us safe because let's just face it, one slip and you're dead. It went from just a single belt like I'm wearing right here that we would have a little rope tied to the tower on. Eventually leg straps became part of the rig and now it's a full body harness. Hard hats, chin straps, uh, multiple levels of standards have been upgraded along the way to protect the worker. The quality of worker has improved a lot. I mean, the guys that used to go out and get drunk and you know, and maybe do drugs, that's gone. You can't have it because you're dependent on somebody who's working up above you hanging onto their tools, paying attention to what they're doing. So you gotta have good quality people. That's one of the biggest changes, the quality of the people. I've been fortunate enough to work from the ground level as a tower tech to foreman, operations manager, project manager. The company I currently work for grew, grew up enough to where we could have a safety manager. So implementation wise, uh, we trained all of our employees per the standards, per the codes, per the refreshers recommended by the manufacturers. There should be regulations, there are for a lot of companies, but a lot of companies don't require it. Uh, there's a lot of radio stations I climb for. They don't have any set goals and guidelines for the climbers. They, rely, they re, uh, really rely on me to know better. We are electricians, we are plumbers, we're engineers, we're wrench turners, uh, we're very proud. Uh, the reason why we have to have every facet of skills, jack of all trades, so to speak, uh, you don't find very many electricians that can make their union wage on the ground willing to climb the tower to assist the electrical work. Therefore, it's placed in our hands. We are the backbone of America's networks, E911. If any, anyone's ever had an emergency that they could rely on their grandma getting in a car accident, somebody having a heart attack, somebody choking, anytime you had to rely on 911, that was built by tower workers. Um, you wake up in the morning and you check your emails, you check your Facebook, you talk to your grandma, you call your kids, you Skype your kids. That's all provided by tower workers. It takes a person that, that loves to go up high, that just enjoys it. And I'm telling you, when I get up there and, and most of the workers that I've had in the past that really enjoy it, they say the same thing. Once you get up there, it's like standing right here talking to you. It's, you feel natural, you feel comfortable. I mean, we protect ourselves, we tie off, we can't fall. The structures are really strong, but they rarely fall on their own. Something has to make them fall. So it's like we're standing right here talking and everybody else is down in a hole. That's the way it feels. So the kind of person I like, I am, I'm kind of jovial. I, I don't come into work with an issue. I leave it outside. It'll be waiting right there when I get back. And that's the kind of workers I train. I tell them the same things. I said, your wife or girlfriend giving you a hard time, she'll do it later. Just forget it right now. 
and I, they kind of stick with that and they get it and, and once they understand that's the kind of worker I like. Alright so now that we know what it's like to be a climber I'd like to move on to an important program that's helping military vets find work in the industry. I'll let Mike Winkle, a trainer with Bluestream, take it from here. Well, I got the job. My name is Mike Winkle. I'm the wireless training manager for Bluestream, one of the largest companies in the country. Uh, I run the training academy. We cater to vets and people who want to get into the industry as well as leads, construction managers, and regional managers who want to keep the standards up that AT&T, Verizon, Sprint wants. I was injured in the U.S. Navy. My career ended early. It came out. Um, Blue Stream offered me a chance to actually climb. They have a Veterans to Climbers program, uh, one of the best in the country. I uh, came in. Uh, they gave me a really decent opportunity. I started as a green hand, which is the lowest of the low, carrying stuff up the tower, to the training manager over an entire division at Bluestream. I, I wanted to work, I wanted to do something different. And I felt it, I wanted to be challenged. And that's a lot of military people. Um, the first time I went up, I went up to 250 feet. Uh, scared me a little, in a good way. And once I, realized, once I broke the tree line, I realized I could do this. I worked hard. Um, People don't understand in this industry, you, you can't just go to work. You have to study, you have to pick up books, you have to get online, and you have to understand the programs. Uh, if you want to be successful, you got to miss a meal now and then. you got to work, a, lose a little sleep. And that's what we do at Bluestream. We go that extra mile to get it done. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, it is not for everybody. Um, you'll get gut checked constantly. Uh, Used to be an old tower dog mentality where you were an aerial cowboy, an aerial constructionist, and those days are done. We're tower technicians now. You not only have to be tough and a little bit brave and a little bit stupid, <laughs> but you also have to be intelligent enough to understand the AT&T long-term evolution system, the Sprint 2.5 Verizon. The stuff isn't super difficult or even brain surgery, but if you don't do it right, you have blank spots and you have people who don't have their cell phones and people don't really understand what we do or how important it is for wireless, but for the governments, for first responders and stuff like that. But let, let a bunch of people at a football stadium not have their Facebook and you'll sure hear about it. Um, we're working with Comtrain, OSHA. Uh, we give them all their certs that they need and even teach them microwave, uh, basic tower builds, uh, change outs. The best thing about it is, is when they're done with our five week school, they can actually go to work right away. And it gives us a chance to give back to all those who've been overseas and paid their dues. Now we want to do something for them. It's almost a military style training. You come in, your first week is OSHA. I mean, first four days you are, you understand safety is the most important thing. And if anybody watches this interview and hears anything I ever say about any company, safety better be first. You better live it. It better be in your mission statement. It better be what you live and breathe because you cannot do this job unless you're safe. You will get hurt. You will die. We're one of the, we have one of the worst death rates in any other industry per capita. And it's, it's, it's frightening. Um, Blue Stream's lucky to say we've never had a death. Uh, and that should be the norm. That shouldn't be anybody bragging or, or being happy. That should be the norm. Once you get through safety, we give you through ComTrain. I'm an in-house ComTrain instructor. We have a whole list of them. We teach them how to climb safely, how to hook up. Uh, 
we don't, we actually have our, we take them up on 25 foot towers first, then we take them up to 160 feet, make sure they are who they say they are, they, they can climb. A lot of people can, they're okay at 20 feet, but at 100 feet it's a whole different story. Um, after, the, after they get through the second week, now it's time to start doing technical stuff. They learn how to do antennas on the ground, weatherproofing, color coding, the basics, stuff that you have to know. Used to, a company would hire you as a green hand and they would spend more time training you than you could actually work. We've eliminated that. The next week they're actually climbing 20 foot hanging towers. The last week they're doing full builds, microwave, AT&T. And in the end, they're, they're an asset to their team immediately. And it's easy for them to move up. It makes us look good. And we keep the best of the best at Bluestream, to be honest with you. All right, that's a great program. And I thank Mike for talking to me about it. Now I want to share a story with you that's a sobering reminder of what happens when people lose focus on a job site. Corey Fontenot of Tower MRL in Wisconsin shares this tragic story in this edition of Tower Stories. I got an emotional story. Um, I started in Wisconsin and I met a bunch of good guys, some of my better friends. All are from the tower industry. I had a good crew when we were working in Wisconsin. Four of us packed up, moved down to Florida. They hired our whole crew. We had jobs down in Florida. I met some really good tower hands down in Florida, real dedicated, passionate guys. One of them was an older gentleman, been in the industry a long time. The older guys didn't have the training upbringing that our younger guys are fortunate of having, so you know they kind of have their old ways. I'm not gonna mention any names, but my friend's from Rhode Island, and uh, he had the opportunity while working in Florida to do a Rhode Island job, so they shipped him to his home state, and they were doing work. They were on a 400-foot tower, and they were bringing up sector mounts that the antennas hang on to install. They were going to install them at the 380 foot level, so only 20 feet below the top of the tower. And it was a guide tower with the wires that support it. Uh, the rig was close. The mount was close to where it needed to be for the height, the established height we were going to hang it. I was not on the job site. My buddy was. He was reaching out to grab the mount. I don't know where the mount sailed for the ground hit one of the guide wires, fortunately rode the guide wire down instead of shearing it, because had he sheared the guide wire, the tower more than likely would have came down. However, the sector, fully dressed out, quite heavy, slammed through the equipment shelter building next to the tower. Um, foreman gets on the radio, says, hey, my friend's name, you gotta come on down, let's talk about this. My friend didn't realize what had happened. He was pretty shook up and he had a 400 foot climb. He gets to the ground. They notified him that it killed two technicians in the shelter. So we have tower technicians that perform aerial work, working at height. That's our job. We don't climb for a living. We climb to access our workstation. On the other side, you have your cell techs. They implement the network. They keep the ground portion of the RF. Feeding the tower, we keep the tower working. To the techs. One was older, gentleman, seasoned, training his young apprentice. Young apprentice just had babies, twins, three weeks prior to the incident. The story behind that is the foreman, who was capable, was going through some troubles, had some family troubles, woman troubles. He was spending a lot of time on the phone. He let an unqualified worker run the hoist. Uh, the hoist got overlapped how the wraps go on this on the drum and it snapped the rope and then the mount came down the foreman he went home that day 
to his family. The guy in the shelter who was practicing safety did not. That is a tragic story. Our prayers go out to those families that have lost loved ones to the accidents like those. But to close the show, I always like to end on a happy note with a picture from Facebook Tower Climber groups. This one comes courtesy of, of Tim Miller on the Tower Climbers of America page. Miller posted this picture of a headless fish atop a tower and asked, any speculation on how this got here? The comments are hilarious. <laughs> Theories range from Osprey to a Sharknado to Bigfoot. So that's our show. Thanks for joining me. Stay safe out there and I'll see you next week. Cell Tower News is a production of RCR-TV. To reach Joey Jackson or suggest a show topic for Cell Tower News, contact him at jjackson at rcrwireless.com or on Twitter at duck underscore jackson. For more Cell Tower News, please visit rcrwireless.com. <laughs>